Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome to episode six of X-Files podcast. We hope that you are all staying super safe and super warm out there. It is not warm where we are (laughs) here in Denver. And we really appreciate you listening in. It's been so fun to hear about those who are listening and to see where people are listening from. And it's awesome to have your support. Thank you so much for being here. And why are we here today? Why are we here? Right. (laughs) If you're going through a breakup, we want you to know that you're not alone and that any pain that you're feeling from your breakup is real and that you can get through this. And we know this because we have both been there more than once. We have learned some hard lessons and we've also learned that this too shall pass. Yeah. When we first started talking about creating a podcast together, one thing that was really important for both of us was to speak somewhat openly and freely (laughs) about our experiences with breakups. Obviously, we do try to respect people's privacy. (laughs) Uh, So far. (laughs) So far. JK. Um, Yes. Janice, you are divorced and you've also experienced domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And you have a ton of dating experience as well. And I have had the tendency to bounce from relationship to relationship, (laughs) which is something we'll definitely continue to elaborate on um, as I think there are some differences um, and some gray areas. Yeah. And I think that we cover a lot of bases when it comes to breakups and things to (laughs) kind of avoid. And so I think that's one reason why we make a good good team as far as talking about the topic mm-hmm. and yeah. um we've we've made mistakes along the way um one thing that Claire often says is that we wouldn't be breakup coaches if we just thought that we were so brilliant at breaking up yeah <laughs> part, <laughs> part of the reason uh that we got into this and part of the reason we're doing this podcast is that we have made mistakes and that we've learned from our mistakes We've learned what's caused us pain and also the way that the things that we've done in our breakups have caused that pain and have caused our healing to, I guess, be prolonged and Mm -hmm. the things that caused us to stumble along the way. So we thought that one of the main reasons we wanted to do this podcast is to maybe help someone who's in similar predicaments. So we have each put together a list of our five biggest breakup mistakes and what they have taught us. So settle in, take some notes, (laughs) and maybe do something differently than we did. And I just want to also say we don't explore every breakup mistake you could possibly make. Mm -hmm. And so we do end this this episode with a list of other breakup mistakes we think you should avoid, but we haven't personally enumerated on in this episode. So you go first, Janice. All right. Um, And I also wanted to add that 
you know, another reason we're doing this and this episode specifically is um, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. (laughs) That just came to me. But and these are some of the things that I've done. My top five breakup mistakes. Number one is or was making a life changing decision when I was in the midst of the breakup and the stress of it all. And before I had made really that much progress in putting it behind me, therapists mm-hmm. and coaches do say to, to put off life-changing decisions. Um, if you're in the midst of a crisis and this was something that I, uh, did not do and regretted quite quickly. So in my case, I was in the very initial months of my separation and what would become a divorce. And we hadn't reached a settlement. We had, hadn't signed any papers. I And I made the decision to move from my beloved New York City to another state, actually back to my hometown, which looking back, I just, I don't know what I was thinking, except that I do kind of. I was a bit grief stricken, but it was more about the fact that my life had changed. I was working three or four jobs to afford my New York City apartment after I told him that I wanted to keep it to myself. Um, We were going through some crazy cold weather. I am an Arizona girl. And so just combined, it was very hard for me to be there. And then I went to to Arizona for Christmas and just made this snap decision to go back there. Mm -hmm. And it was not the right time for me to be making a decision like that. People did try and talk me out of it. And I, I mean, I'll just be real. I wish that I would have listened because I regretted it probably almost immediately. (laughs) Like within weeks, I was thinking, what have I done? And so I would say if you're in the midst of some type of crisis or a serious breakup like that, to, you've got to give it time before you make decisions like that. Yeah, I totally agree. And one of the things that I just want to bring attention to, and I don't have like the research in front of me, but when you are heartbroken um, and you're really suffering, your brain is not functioning at optimum capacity. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically the areas that are lit up are like your survival mechanism. Yes. I was just going to say I was in survival mode at the time. Yeah. And so I was just yeah. looking to feel better in the moment. And I had mm-hmm. no, I, I wasn't even able to think of the long-term consequences of what I was doing. Yeah. So just, just know these big decisions can wait. Job changes, location changes, yep. big, big decisions wait until you're feeling like you're not in survival mode anymore. How long do you think that takes, Janice? So I think when it comes to making a big life-changing decision that you need to be to the place where you're over the hump Mm -hmm. of the breakup and where you can say that you have at least started to put it behind you, which was not my situation at all. And from my own experience and through coaching and through helping friends through this, you know, we're talking six months to a year before most people get to that place. And so if you're being tempted with a decision like this to try and intentionally say, I need to shelve this for a while Mm -hmm. and then, and then come back to it when you're a little farther along your journey. I 
actually moved several months after breaking up with my ex-fiance, but that was a much different move. It was moving closer to work. It was still in the same county. It wasn't the same city. Yeah. But much different from going much across different. the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I went across the country um a few months ago. And so that was much over a year later. Oh brilliant like, example. Yes. Almost two years. Yeah. So have you regretted it? Oh, no, 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 no. Right. Um, And that Love also it. was like, there were other factors involved, like, you know, my job at the time. Um, I was staying for that. And so, yeah. So, it, yeah. And job breakups are breakups, too, I think. But this is a totally <laughs> Yes, I think so. Our <laughs> um, point, dear listener, is don't uproot your life when it's already being uprooted. Breakup mistake number two that I have made is being around unsupportive people. And this can be really hard to sometimes know ahead of time. But if you are hurting from a breakup, it is important that you have supportive people around you. Uh, When you're going when you're coming out of a breakup, um, or a bad relationship, I guess it's one in the same. (laughs) You need to have positive reinforcements and loving support around you. Um, after leaving my abusive relationship, I was really broken down and not really thinking clearly, sort of wanted a place that I could retreat to. I chose a place that I thought would be supportive and quickly realized it was not. And I sort of wish that I had figured out how to get out of that and into a more positive environment more quickly. Being around people who were feeding me negative messages about what I had done as far as staying in the relationship and having this unrealistic expectation of how quickly I should be healing from it beat the confidence that I had out of me. It left me feeling full of shame. It made me embarrassed of the situation I was in. And it just, it knocked me down even farther from where I was at. I started, you know, self-medicating and actually becoming more depressed each day. This is kind of a tricky one. But if you're able to, I suppose, take inventory of the people around you and be intentional about who you spend time with, uh, will help you um, to heal in a faster and fuller way. So I'd say to select people who are going to cheerlead for you and um, embrace that support. Um, And as far as, you know, people who aren't supportive... I think that the mistake I made was not to just take a temporary break. You don't need to cut people off. I'm not saying that at all, but not all of your friends and loved ones can, I guess, like show up for you in all situations. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you need to cut them out, but you might just want to limit your exposure to them in the initial phases of your healing process. Yeah. Limit exposure and just know that... I think it's enough to just have that knowledge. I don't need to listen and internalize what this person is saying. Yeah, that's true. And I, uh, yeah, I I guess I wasn't in a place where I could do that, but that's very good advice that you, I guess, can compartmentalize if you, if you need to, if if you you are able to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And if if you cannot, then do take that time apart Mm -hmm. and set those boundaries up. You know, you can just make talking about the breakup or the relationship with that person off limits and just Mm -hmm. say, hey, I don't want to talk about this Mm -hmm. with you because, you know, 
inside your head that it doesn't help you. Mm. You know what's coming. You know it's going to be judgment and not understanding and not helping your healing. And so you can put those boundaries in place. And, you know, if, say, for your situation, you, like, went back home to live with your parents Mm -hmm. and just say to your parents, hey, I just don't want to talk about this anymore with you. I'm really struggling right now, but let's just make this off limits because I don't think it's helping anyone. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's probably some other things I could have done rather than just not be there. Um, yeah, I'd have to probably analyze that a little yeah. a little bit more. But uh, I actually had other opportunities and people who were also trying to support me. And yeah. I just wish that maybe I would have taken advantage of some of those. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because it just it was super detrimental to me. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, oh, like here's what you should have done or anything. No, like I know. Your experience I know. is your experience mm. and you did the best that you could. But this is where having like a coach or someone who's like kind of an expert in this mm. can say, have you thought about doing this? And oh, totally. show you a different way. Yes. Um, and so if you were in that situation at the time and knew of the resources that you know of now, mm-hmm. things could have been different. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And actually I have some um, things to say about this um, Ooh, later yay. on in the episode. <laughs> as far I'm as so glad. <laughs> All right. Uh, breakup mistake number three that Janice made. <laughs> Not committing fully to no contact. <laughs> yeah. I guess because I'm now a breakup coach who preaches about no contact, this would probably be the easiest thing that I could have done different or the thing that I could say I possibly regret most but yes I did not always keep the no contact rule um but to be honest when I when I look back uh, on these times two of my breakups I don't think anyone was talking about no contact Mm -hmm. I like at all really so I don't judge myself too harshly for it um it just it was not a buzzword it was not something that I I even had a coach during one of my breakups and I don't think she ever even used these, these words. Um, However, I can see looking back that the reasons I didn't commit to no contact were because of not fully owning perhaps my decision to leave. Mm -hmm. And in the case of, I I did maintain some minimal contact with my abuser, uh, which I'll, I'll talk about on this show. And that was because I was broken down to a place where I didn't really have the self-respect that you need when you commit to completely cutting it off with someone who's been abusive to you takes. Exactly. Yeah. It's so hard to leave an abusive situation. And so there is, there is no judgment here about why are you staying? Mm -hmm. Why haven't you gotten out? Mm -hmm. Um, Nope. Because it, it is truly psychological warfare and yes, it's yes. really hard to muster the strength and courage and resources a lot of time, like yep. just point blank, where do you go? Um, so, And I was in a no bad judgment. place, like I said, with unsupportive messages around me. And so it was a little tempting um, when he would be in touch to, um, to allow that. But I'm kind of wondering if I had made this commitment to quote unquote, no contact and had this action plan in place that we work with our clients to develop that perhaps I would have been able and been able to resist it. 
it's mm-hmm. uh it's interesting to think about and every relationship is different yes too. and every breakup is different every so this is, is general different. advice yes. and <laughs> <laughs> each of your partners is different yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's amazing i this is definitely one of my breakup mistakes as well mm-hmm. um for brevity's sake his name is the dumpster fire Um, (laughs) i love that so much i'm gonna create some nicknames i love that about your story go on the um the dumpster fire x and i we tried (laughs) to shift gears straight to friendship after breaking up and it was incredibly hard emotionally on me and we'll definitely go deeper into that in future episodes okay yeah. Where do you think that you could have that you would have made the commitment to no contact if you were to do it over again? Oh man. Sorry to put you on the spot. But- yeah, let me think. Yeah, if I had the knowledge <laughs> that we had now, I would have done it immediately. Okay. And been like, this is bad. I'm out. Right. We're not getting with anywhere with this uh process. Yeah, okay. exactly. So uh Janice breakup mistake number four. This is an interesting one. So one mistake I feel like I made after my abusive relationship was not committing to my healing or really, really owning that I was going to be okay. So after I got divorced, one of the things that I felt like I really did right because of partially because of the community I was in of really strong women is really, I sat down with myself and I really told myself it's going to be okay. You're in the, you know, you're at the beginning of something, you know, you've got your whole life in front of you Hell and yeah. it helped me so much. I really, I told people that I love, loved myself more than ever. And it really served me. Yes. Yeah. And really sit down with yourself and do that. Cause it helps. <laughs> but yeah. it was not something that I did when I left my abuser. I stayed in this dark, ugly place for months. I never, you know, abuse does a lot of complicated things to your mind, but I never got to the point where I, yeah, where I had this chat with myself and where I even believed that I would ever get over it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I did not commit to any end goal of moving on or what my life would be like when I was able to put this behind me. You know, every day just became like this groundhog's day of depression and just how can I get through this? And when, you know, is bedtime? When's it going to end? Yeah. Every day was like that. Um, And I guess sometimes when you are abused, you deal with feelings of betrayal as far as how can someone that you loved and who loves you do this to you? And Mm -hmm. I just stayed in that mindset thinking that somehow re like going over that message again and again in my head would justify me just staying in this stuck place. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, looking back, if I had made goals about where I wanted to, to get to mm-hmm. and committed to figuring out how I was going to get past this, it would have served me a lot better than just distracting myself, self-medicating, just getting through the day. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really hard to see that this will pass mm-hmm. and yep. that this can actually make you stronger. And what you said about 
making goals Mm -hmm. and figuring out where you want to go, I think is so important um, because I mean, especially after abuse, you want to regain a sense of autonomy and personal efficacy Mm -hmm. and knowing that you can take care of yourself and you are not meant to just be in a place in a, in a uh, supporting character role. You are the main character. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I in, instead, I almost felt like I owed it to myself to stay in this place because I'd been through something so atrocious. Yeah. And yeah. it was so defeating and self-sabotaging. Yeah. And that's one thing that I'd say. This is number one on your list of things to do in the first week of a breakup is somehow commit to uh, the next phase of your life. And look, this won't make the initials month the initial months after your breakup easier it is still gonna hurt but just yeah. knowing that there's gonna be a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. I, I I did not do that after this breakup yeah and just knowing like hey you are not um you know when you are processing and it is so much emotion and you are feeling like a victim mm-hmm. it's okay to be like hey I am a victim mm-hmm. especially when it's a terrible situation mm-hmm. like what you came out of that's okay but you also have to accept i may not be responsible for this happening but i am responsible for recovering from it truth bomb that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> awesome i love that we have loved creating free and accessible healing resources for people around the world who are looking for support on their breakups, broken hearts, and moving on journeys. Each day, we receive DMs from many of you who have let us know the positive impact X-Files is making in your life. Our vision for the second year of our show is something that we both feel so completely. We are looking forward to continuing to share useful resources each week, but also expanding our offerings to help people go more deeply with their healing and growth. Part of our vision is expanding the connection with our community. And to do that, we are thrilled to be launching the X-Files Patreon. Growing this aspect of our community will allow us to keep creating great content for everyone each week and also start developing even more healing resources and support. We would love for you to be part of the first group of the X-Files patrons. So head to the link in the show notes now to sign up for either the $5 or the $10 level. And we will both be looking forward to connecting with you very soon. Totally. Write it down, girl. All right. Breakup mistake number five. I really want to put this out there. A lot of people do this. My mistake Mm -hmm. was partying too much in the early breakup. (laughs) I'm just being really honest. I really overdid it. Uh, Particularly after my divorce, I'd say a little after the other, um, the next breakup I've referred to. But look, a combination of sadness, trying to distract yourself, late nights, booze, the other things that go along with all of that. Um, 
it's a what wonderful do you mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know um it's a wonderful recipe for little disasters along the way yeah just and add on to your pile it really does so for instance I mean it was like midweek I, I was seriously just looking for every opportunity to to go out and you know obviously lots of hangovers a few decisions that I made along the way that I you know let's just say regretted the next morning mm-hmm. um showing up for work late it just it doesn't help um, yeah oh, well I want to say I spiraled is it was just too much it didn't it just I think it's good to go out after a breakup, but it can get to the point where you're just going to start to uh, go down, down the other way. You know, you don't want to lose your job. You don't want to be sick all the time. You don't want to do too many things that you're going to regret. Moderation. Yes. Yeah. I'd say looking back that I maybe would have just tried to limit it to just the weekends or just here Mm -hmm. and there rather than like, how much can I, (laughs) you know, how much can I go out? How much can I, how many people can I you know, constantly surround myself with. And yeah, I would probably suggest to others not to, (laughs) not to take on quite the same lifestyle that I did. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, this is what pop culture kind of teaches people to do when they're feeling down is go out, get wasted. Right. How many scenes are there in movies and TV shows where we see the girl on the dance floor getting wasted, hooking up, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this. She's cool. I want to be cool. Let me do that. (laughs) And it worked out for her in the end. She got hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it did serve to distract myself from it, but it just it, it caused more stress. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah. So that's my five. That is your five. (laughs) So thank you for those Janice. That was amazing. (laughs) And so we'll dive into mine. All right. So we already got one of them, which was committing to no contact, Mm -hmm. which was not committing to no contact. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that was my mistake. And my number two is dating just to not be alone oh boy and it meant that I dated people I wasn't really interested in and it's just like the story goes if you stand for nothing you'll fall for anything Mm -hmm. and not to say I was like falling left and right but I would you didn't maybe have the highest standards yeah my standards were really low because it was warm body uh (laughs) that's really tricky as a cute girl right warm body uh preferably good looking which was nice I guess and so I dated someone that I knew very early on that I didn't want a future with we were not aligned on a lot of things (laughs) but I was lonely (laughs) and he was company and you know leaving would mean being alone again and this came about because in the past this was my pattern but in the past I was over someone before I started dating again and in this case I was not over someone yet Mm Um, and so that's the key distinction here. I think it is actually good to date casually after a period of time mm-hmm. after your breakup, 
when you're not just constantly thinking about your ex. I think it's really good to boost your confidence, remind yourself that there are lots of people out there yes. and who are interesting. Yep. Have fun, and practice. Dynamic. There's Have so fun. many good reasons. Remember that you're fucking sexy and people want to be with <laughs> yes. you. Yes. And you're interesting and all mm-hmm. of the things. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. But for me, I was dating to not be alone, to fill an empty void. So that so was, was it actually like going home and not having anyone there or your desire to be in a relationship? It was a desire to to be in a relationship because okay. I'm actually pretty good being alone mm-hmm. like throughout the okay. day and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's I get antsy if I don't have someone to like share news with and like things yep. like that. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I think also like cuddling is important. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And so it's in the alone time though, while you're getting over someone, that's when you start seeing where in your life you want to put your energy, what your future goals are and what potential mm-hmm. you have to create and make an, your own life for yourself. Yeah. So you're really in your essence during this time. I find exactly. You actually, you find yourself, um, <laughs> which is just so, so important. So now I, I mean, I always have loved my alone time, but I especially love it now because I have so many things that I have built up during my life that I'm passionate about and I need to put my time and energy into that. So yeah. And they have nothing to do with your partner, which you do currently have nothing to do with my partner. Mm -hmm. I do currently have a partner, but you know, activities and people need to be really important for me in order to sacrifice my alone time for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My third breakup mistake Mm -hmm was looking to my ex for closure. Uh-huh. Talk about the last topic. All the time. <laughs> Just last week. Just last mm-hmm. week in our closure episode. And they don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. And if they do have an answer or some answers, they will not necessarily be the answers that resonate with you. Only you can give yourself closure. And so with my dumpster fire ex, we stayed friends for a time. And when I was feeling down and he was around, we would sometimes get into this cycle where I would basically cross-examine him. Oh, men love that. They love that. (laughs) Um, I mean, he was very patient. But <laughs> trying, I, I would, I would just ask him question after question, mm-hmm. trying to find the reason that things had to end between us. And part of the problem was that I did n- not subscribe to his logic. And I was like, for me, I would like, this wouldn't be a thing. Like we could work through this. I was looking for that loophole in his argument and trying to like use my argumentation and debate skills and change his mind. But the thing is, is that love is not logical. There is no right answer. There is not a puzzle to solve. Mm -hmm. And so I would always end up disappointed. Right. That's such a classic example of this need for getting closure from your partner. Yeah, really. It, You've it got was, real firsthand classic. knowledge. Classic. <laughs> yeah. 
and this was not just one conversation. Oh, it does not <laughs> like, sound very kept, fun. Kept, no, and <laughs> you know, it, it was hard because we did both like have a lot of love and care for each other. Yeah. He just didn't see the relationship as something that could happen. Yeah. So, and this it didn't serve you to get past it. It sounds ex- like. exactly. Yeah, because I'm like, wait, if you love me, then why can't we be together? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, looking for your ex, looking to your ex for closure, definitely a mistake. Give it to yourself. Yeah. Learn from Claire's story. Yeah, learn from my story. <laughs> it was not very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends were like, girl. <laughs> So number four, continuing to try to figure out where I went wrong for too long. So it is important to see where you can improve in relationships. Like we're not saying to just assume that it had nothing to do with you. Relationships are Mm 50-50. But Relationships are 50-50. You didn't do the other 50% of it. So like, keep that in mind. Psychologist Guy Winch, who actually specializes in heartbreak, he shares that people usually figure out what it was, those mistakes that they made in the relationship that perhaps during the end or things that led to the end. We usually figure out those things pretty early in the breakup. So ruminating on them for longer then those initial couple of weeks after a relationship will actually just make you sick. It'll just mm-hmm. continue your pain. You identify those lessons and then you know you'll do better next time. And you say, okay, case closed. We have done our research. These are our conclusions. And now we stop. Yep. You do not continue on this open. Oh, like, you don't torture case. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't torture yourself. Like mm-hmm. I just said, there is no right answer. This is not a puzzle to solve. You will likely not come to some grand realization of something that you just completely missed. Right. Like <laughs> what you see is what there is. Mm. And now now move forward. Yep. And like I always say, it ended because it was meant to end. Yeah. Yeah. It ended because it was meant to end. My favorite um, analogy ever is comparing it to to expiration dates on food. Oh yeah, yeah, I like yeah. I like that analogy of yeah. Yours. It's just mm-hmm. if you didn't hear our last episode, I think it mm-hmm. was in that one where it's like, hey, you know, the apple is really good, and then it reached its expiration date, and now it's moldy. Don't mm-hmm. eat it after yes. it's moldy <laughs> or so the cream a, cheese which is my yeah. achilles hill like yeah. i cannot keep the cream cheese in the house because i love it so yeah. much oh my and god yeah it's amazing and but it, when it goes bad it goes bad it goes bad <laughs> yeah so don't eat that it it doesn't mean you have to negate and be like what if it was moldy forever it's like mm-hmm. no it was great before now it's not let's go my fifth and final one is not getting help sooner So my recovery really took off actually when I hired a coach and it took me a while to hire a coach because I was like, (laughs) I've done this before. I've gotten over people on my own. This should be no different. Stay the course. I got this. And it, it just continued. And I was dealing with, you know, two breakups, a five-year relationship and a twin flame-esque relationship (laughs) 
it was not the same sort of breakups that I had coped with and healed from before on my own. Every relationship is different. So having someone who specialized in breakups helped me was when my recovery really started to become a reality. Seeing the huge difference that it made is what inspired me to become a breakup coach in the first place. So yeah, most people after a relationship just lean on their friends. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Yep. And this is uh, something that we'll continue to come back to, but there's limitations as to how your close network can support you through, especially if the breakup was somewhat devastating. There's only so much. And so there's only certain things that everyone's going to be able to do for you. And it has, it really, it has its limit. I mean, people are not going to want to hear about this all the time, or a lot of people aren't going to. Your friends love you. They want the best for you. Um, but they're really figuring out this whole life stuff on their own. Yeah. Not saying uh-huh. that Janice mm-hmm. and I have it all figured mm-hmm. out, but we spend a large <laughs> portion of every day learning about this, talking about this. This is our focus. This is our yes. expertise. We love hearing about it. Not saying yeah. we're just like why, so wise and we figured it all out, but <laughs> we'll figure out a few things. But this yeah. was the point I was going to make earlier about support is kind of to identify what type of support you need. One reason I think coaching is especially useful for breakups is I've tried coaching and I've tried therapy right after mm. a breakup. And yeah. Therapy is really useful for discovering how you got to that point and yeah. exploring what patterns that you had that got you there. Yes. And it's not as effective for looking forward and making action plans to heal. Yeah. And so I would probably suggest that therapy is the step after coaching. This is super general, but I went straight into therapy after one of my breakups. And, you know, all she wanted to talk about was my childhood and, you know, the things from my past that had gotten me into the bad relationship. And yeah. it just, it wasn't what I needed at that point. Yeah. I wish I could have gone back after I healed from the relationship and um, like dove more into that. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy gets you from the past to the present and mm-hmm. coaching gets you from the present yep. to the future. Yep. And both are amazing, but you yeah. might just want to think about that as far as identifying what support you yeah. want. And one caveat on what you said, because I do agree with that on the, on the most, for the most part, mm-hmm. if you struggle with other mental health issues, yeah. then therapy or counseling is probably the best way to go because there's going to be like, you will need to have a mental health expert. Yeah. More expertise. Help you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And some mm-hmm. people do work with both a coach and a therapist at the same time. Okay. And they yeah. just stay away from the mental health issues with their coach because we are, you know, certified. We do study, mm-hmm. but we do not do the years of education that a therapist would do for like specific health yeah, ab- absolutely. So. I think um, they go they go hand in hand. And like yeah, I said, I wish totally. I would have gone back into it after I'd um, been able to move forward a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. It may sound self-promotional, but it made such a difference for me. Yeah. And I just want that for you too. Mm-hmm, I want same. you to heal your heart sooner. And that's what I hear from most people in this space is I just want it to end like I mm-hmm. just want the pain to end and you can get there sooner if you have some help so yeah yeah all right so thank you so much for listening 
to <laughs> all of our breakup mistakes. Um, this is not um, an inclusive list. Is that the right word? <laughs> there so. is. Yeah, there, there are other mistakes that we think that you should avoid. And we will go through um, just a few of them here. If you are looking to get over a breakup, heal your heart and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to consider not neglecting your self-care and in fact, making self-care an absolute priority over the next few months. Yeah. That, I mean, we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about it, but that's identifying what your self-care practices are and then putting them top of your uh, list of priorities. Yeah, totally. So this is something that we've heard of. And I think Claire has heard maybe a little bit more, but trying to accidentally run into your ex. And as I'm saying this, actually, I've had someone do that to me. Oh, what? yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Look, it's over. You need to be looking forward. There's nothing yeah. that is going to really serve you in, in your healing than having some type of awkward run-in. This includes online. So (laughs) let's try and avoid it. Yes. So this is something else to avoid. Obsessing over your ex's social media. I really, I don't fully get why people do this, but I know that they do. Um, We talked about it actually on our no contact episode, but please just do the blocking, do the muting and avoid the pain and the agony that comes from checking the accounts. People Mm -hmm. put their best foot forward and their best face forward on their social media. You don't need to see what your ex is trying to present to the world right now. Just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. It's, it's, that hard and that easy. So (laughs) (laughs) a few more top breakup mistakes that we want to share with you. Bad mouthing your ex to friends and family. It's also, it's draining on those around you. And this goes a a bit back to um, our point about getting the good support is that this is actually very exhausting for some people to hear all the time, you yeah. know, you um, bad-mouthing this person. And so your su- the support that you do have from people can dwindle when yeah. you, you make this your habit. Yeah. And just, you know, think of the type of person that you want to be and know that you probably don't want your ex bad-mouthing you to their friends and family. Um, and you'd probably be like, Hey, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. Like I did that under these circumstances, that sort of thing. And it's not to excuse anything that your ex did. Um, but just, you know, don't spread that negativity around. Yeah. I mean, what's your end goal really? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Exactly. Broken up. Let's look forward. Yeah. So a second thing is acting in the heat of the moment. (laughs) Give yourself time to cool down. say something you're going to regret. You get a text or something from him. It's Mm -hmm. okay to let 24 hours go by. Yeah. Write, write a letter, do, do some journaling really deep dive because often your first and like reaction is not what you truly feel. Um, I've gone from, you know, wanting to go, what the fuck? Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you're so terrible, blah. And I'll give it even a couple days. And I'll be like, you know what? I actually don't really care what they said. And sometimes 
I'll just, okay. Yes. <laughs> and this can go for doing something angry or maybe doing something in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Uh, that's not angry and that might no. involve doing something loving. Yeah. Um, yes. Give everything time. Just give everything time. Go no contact. Block yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, this actually, maybe I have personally experienced this because, um, well, it was a way of, of doing it right. I, it wasn't a mistake that I made, but it was like Go a moment it. where I felt like I did it right. Mm -hmm. Probably like six months after not talking to an ex, um, I did receive a text from them saying that they wanted to talk and I sent them back a message and said, Hey, like, I can't really respond right now. I will get back to you soon. And then I sat with it and I'm like, what do I actually want? What do I actually need? And I decided I don't want anything in writing from this person because I know if it's in writing, I can go back and I can psychoanalyze it and mm -hmm. obsess over it. So I don't want anything else in writing. <laughs> and I also knew I want to put an end to that conversation and I don't want it to continue over days and days. And so I made the decision to call them okay. and that was the last time we spoke and I got exactly what I needed. I wow. didn't have anything written down that I could, you know, in a week mm -hmm. go back and analyze. And it was the chapter was closed. Oh, good job. So, yeah. So final, final, final one is making desperate attempts to win them back. <laughs> Old movie like yeah yeah just don't it doesn't work it's actually kind of creepy um <laughs> right. a lot of things yes please hear us <laughs> this is actually actually comes off as needy and it's not good yeah. energy it is desperate it's not mm -hmm. presenting yourself in the best light and I mean you don't want to have to beg someone to get back together with you yeah exactly you want someone who's mm -hmm. super stoked to be with you yes yeah and you deserve someone who's super stoked to be with you go mm -hmm. get that go get that <laughs> it totally <laughs> exists can confirm um yeah just you know like those those big like sweeping gestures that you see in movies and things mm -hmm. like that are not okay right in real life they are mm -hmm. not okay they do not come off well nor are they really socially acceptable no and completely kind of I mean you're either begging or what trying to do something extravagant to manipulate yeah. this person's feelings to get yeah. back with you yeah it's it it doesn't work it's it doesn't icky. even make sense icky. <laughs> <It's> icky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that is right. it for today we hope this podcast has been useful and supportive to you if you want more support, then DM either of us to chat about coaching. Yes, this is obviously our favorite topic. We would love to hear from you. And you've got this. <laughs> Seriously, you've got you this. <laughs> and you can get this even more by uh, not doing some of the things that we've just mentioned. Do as we say, not as we do or did. Yeah, did. <laughs> not as we did. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We love our audience so much and we are sending you love and support if you are going through this and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. 
If you liked this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at heartbreakglowup. And me, Janice, at Janice Formicella. Talk soon. Bye. And here's a preview of our next episode. Outside of my coaching, I do work around reproductive rights. I am a writer and do work with birth advocates. I'm a women's history blogger and a breakup coach. (laughs) And it actually all makes so much sense to me. I have really arrived with my work and I'm so grateful that I have this podcast as a platform to reach more women. I'm, I'm so, so thankful for how this has all come together.